thank you everyone for joining the professional development fireside um been super excited to to get some of our leaders on a panel and just have kind of an intimate conversation i think um especially with like the hyper growth and kind of all of the exciting things happening we don't often get a chance to slow things down and get to know each other on both a personal and a professional level so um thanks everyone for joining um, we do have Dustin Harris, Blaine Fine, Crystal, uh, I think Crystal is on here, yeah, Brown, oh yeah, there she is, and then John will be joining as well. Um, I did speak with him this morning and he's ready to go, so he might just be a couple minutes late. Um, we're going to cover a couple aspects, um, culture and career building, business acumen, and Crystal is going to share some about personal branding in that area, and then also just professional growth and leadership. So um, I'd love for anyone to share questions that might come up in the chat, and I'll try to kind of monitor through those and um, bring up any questions anybody has. And again, just kind of have it be like an intimate and informal discussion just to get our leaders a little better and maybe set some professional goals for yourself. Um, so without further ado, I would love to hear just from each of our leaders on the panel, um, kind of what your definition of leadership has transformed into and how that was formed and transformed throughout your career practice. So I'm looking at my screen here. We'll start, we'll go Dustin, Blaine, and then Crystal, and hopefully uh, John will hop on um, to hear. The oh, there he is. Hey, John. Hey guys, sorry, I'm uh, in the midst of moving and there's boxes everywhere, so. <laughs> That's okay. Um, we're gonna just hop into our first question, John. So we'll go Dustin, Blaine, Crystal, and then hear your answer. And the first one is just what your definition of leadership has become throughout your career and what has kind of formed or transformed that definition. So well, Dustin, if you want to make the stage. I really appreciate you putting this together. It's an honor to be here. Uh, really exciting to have everybody here. Uh, to be talking about some uh, some professional development goals and uh, just some ideas I think that can just make us better as a culture and kind of you know adhere to the true footage uh, you know mantras and the uh, and the visions and the statement you know all of these things that are out here really synthesize in, in meetings like this where we have an opportunity to talk about what really motivates and what moves us. Mikkel, your question about leadership is an interesting one. I don't know that I actually have a quote-unquote definition of leadership but when i think about leadership i think about the golden rule i think about the idea that the leader is no better than any of those that they lead meaning i love the idea of being a team uh, now certainly there has to be structure uh, but i love this idea of treating others the way that we would want to be treated and i love the um the, the motivation that i have is is to both listen and act uh, I think that within a company culture, you've got to have a, a listening ear and it can't just be uh, lip service. It can't just be ear service. It can't just be nodding and saying, okay, 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 and then doing nothing about it. Uh, those that we lead need to trust us as leaders and we need to not be afraid to do the right thing. Sometimes the right thing is not the popular thing. Sometimes the right thing is not uh, to, to just listen and nod your head and say, I understand and, and I feel bad for you, but then do nothing about it. It's those that are in the trenches. It's those that we lead uh, that truly have the true life experiences that if we listen to and utilize as best we can on a company culture side, that's what true leadership is all about. You want to just jump in, Mikhail? Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you so much for that, Dustin. Yeah, Dustin, thank you. Thanks for going first, too. Uh, and, and like Dustin said, Mikhail, thanks for this. I think this is awesome. This is one of the great things about being part of True Footage uh, as a community. We, we, we started um, doing community stuff with a, the appraiser community the last week or so, and it's been awesome having these kinds of meetings. So uh, definitely one of our strategic differentiators as a corporation is this kind of stuff. So thank you to you and everybody else who's been uh, making this kind of thing happen. Uh, definition of leadership for me, like Dustin said, it, it doesn't have to be one thing and everybody kind of has a different um, view of it. But for me, uh, it has always been primarily centered around one word and that's impact. So <clears throat> it's essentially my, my um, mission, if you will, when it comes to leadership is to have some type of positive impact on people, uh, to influence and to inspire people to be better today than they were, say, yesterday. Uh, that's the, the the mentors that I've had throughout my life uh, and have been super fortunate to have some really awesome ones. That's always been the takeaway was they were always more interested in the growth of the people they were leading and the destination that those people were headed toward than their own uh, 
uh, personal um, goals and desires. So. Awesome. Thank you. Crystal, you want to hop in? Yeah, I'm happy to hop in. And, and thanks, guys, everybody for being here. And um, I appreciate you including me too, Mikhail. And thanks, Blaine and Dustin. Um, there's two things I think about when I think about leadership, because I, I actually, when you asked your question, you, you said something about like, how did it evolve? Like, how did your notion of leadership evolve? And I think um, for me, when I was like very, very early in career, I remember like looking at leaders and trying to like figure out what is the secret sauce, right? How do I, how do I get that thing, you know, that they have? And I think back then I thought about it like from this very black and white and factual way. And it was like, if I do these two things, I will become a leader. And later as I grew in my career, I started to understand things like, and you'll hear me say this if we talk, you'll hear me say this notion like, if someone's a leader, you can teach them any skill, just as long as they're a leader, that's the hard thing to really grasp. Um, but I think as my career has grown, you know, and Blaine, Blaine said one of these words, I think he said both of these, but to me, the two, the two key words with leadership is this, this notion of influence and being able to provide influence over a group of people. Um, and, and that happens with responsibility too. So I, I remember being in an interview one time and I shared with somebody, hey, you know, how do you influence others? And the person said, well, I'm not a manipulator. And I was like, wow, that's the wrong way to understand the word. Um, but I think influence does have to come with a level of responsibility. And if you have influence, if you are in a position of influence, you should definitely use it responsibly. And the other thing that I think comes with leadership, um, and Blaine mentioned it well, and again, this was something that in my mind grew over time. It's something that evolved in my mind, at least um, over time and as I grew in my career. And that's the notion of developing others, right? When you have teams of people you know, part of your responsibility is ensuring that they're growing. It's not only the influence, the influence piece and the connecting them with the business. It's not only that, but it's really getting to the core of who they are and understanding like how you can grow and develop them. So that's how I'd answer that. Awesome. Thanks, John. Cool. Um, yeah, thank you. I, just to echo the sentiment of everyone else, thank you to all those for being here. Um, and, and sorry, there's something going on in the background, if you could hear that. Um, to me, I mean, I think about leadership and I think, you know, like definition of to me is kind of unlocking the potential in others. Um, and that's at the core of, of what a leader is supposed to do. Um, obviously, kind of going through the education of startup culture and um you know being in graduate school they always talk about you know when you are a leader it's about hiring people um around you that are better at what they do than than you could possibly be yourself and i think that's a huge part of it um so i think that speaks to a level of humility as well um but so that's kind of the definition that i think about when i think about leadership is unlocking the potential and then there's certain qualities that i think are kind of core to that capability so um being flexible, being reliable, being able to navigate negative cycles, being gritty, being scrappy, you know, being a good listener, um, having high level of energy and being, you know, an inspiring motivator. Like those are the types of things that I think are kind of like the charismatic components to being a leader. But generally it's, it's you know, it's not about yourself. It's definitely all about kind of how you make other people feel and act. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we're going to start going through just individual questions. Um, and so I'll kind of call someone out and ask a question. If any of our leaders on the panel have something they want to add, please just raise your hand. Otherwise, we'll kind of just rapid fire through some questions. And then again, if anyone has a question that is sparked by one of the answers, please feel free to write it in the chat and we can just add that in there. I want it to be conversational and collaborative. Um, but I'm going to kind of keep the same um, order. So Dustin, can you uh, talk about the biggest risk that you've taken in your career or as a leader? <laughs> oh boy, so many, um, so many failures really. And, and you know, everybody's heard the mantra that you can't succeed until you fail, but um, it, it's happened a lot. Um, and uh, I think probably what comes to mind when you ask this question 
again, there's probably a half dozen that I could think of, but but the biggest risk I think I ever took was having the um, stupidity to throw myself out there and and call myself a coach, right? To to say, okay, I'm here to coach and mentor others, because to say that uh, makes a statement that is is partially untrue. I mean, at, the, at its core, right? I mean, because I learn more from my clients every day than I could ever teach to them. And to call yourself a coach or a mentor uh, basically sends this message that somehow uh, you 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 have something to share that's going to be great. Now, are there times that, that things are shared that are great that change people's lives? Yes, and that's what makes it all worth it, right? But every day, it's a fearful experience uh, to get with someone else, whether it be in my, you know, my coaching business or, or here at True Footage, and to share ideas and thoughts and listen to others and, and pretend to lead is a scary, scary thing. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, with that comes lots of failure. With that comes lots of apologies. With that comes lots of humility. Uh, it has to because every day um, I, I strive to be the best I can. Uh, but it's a risky thing to get up every morning and, and pretend to lead someone. And then kind of along those same lines with putting yourself out there, do you have any advice for kind of how to get started or what you did in the past to put yourself out there? Yeah, so um, the the best advice I, I can give is very, very basic, um, but it is profound in my opinion. Um, the, the, the answer to your question, Mikkel, is just do it. It's the Nike brand. It's the it's the activity. It's what separates the two percent from the ninety eight percent. And I have studied that question upside down and backward throughout my career, and it all comes down in, to, in my opinion, to one thing: people can have all kinds of ideas and thoughts and 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 this, that, and the other, but the difference between the ninety eight percent and the two percent is activity. Is actually following through and doing what you know you need to do. We all know we need to get to the gym. We all know that we need to eat healthy. We all need, know that we need to get enough sleep. We all need all of these things, but do we actually do them? The difference between those that are successful and those that aren't is the activity. Yeah, that's great. I, I remember something that really stuck with me is if you don't start before you're ready, you'll never start. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes there is something that comes along with that is just really getting in there and then it's a lot easier to kind of clean up some of the mistakes or reevaluate or create more efficiencies than just sitting back and waiting until you're fully ready to do anything. So I think we've all experienced a lot of that. And to your point, that that does come with humility and apologies and maybe saying we didn't get it right this time, but we'll get it right the next time. But I think that's great advice. And, you know, hopefully everyone can take that from this conversation. Um, Blaine, uh, who's the biggest uh, leader or mod role model that you've had as a mentor throughout your career? Yeah, great question. Um, for me, and this might sound cliche, but <clears throat> my father who's still alive. I have a, a, a father who I consider to be a great leader. Uh, I worked with him for many, many years in different family businesses that we had, and he just is really good with people and people love following him. And uh, he always had a vision and um, he taught me how to set goals when I was young and that kind of thing. And then from there, which I think th that leadership model led me to choose uh, an internship in Chicago, which was in a martial arts and zen monastery under a, a japanese leader who had schools all around the world a, a martial arts teacher um and i think and, and it was a leadership academy i mean it wasn't just a, a place to study meditation i was going into a very intense three-year program of studying leadership from a guy who was leading thousands of people around the world so uh couldn't have asked for better leader role models in that regard that's awesome. And something else that I kind of want to leave everyone with is if you didn't have that leader growing up, I think something that can be really profound is becoming the leader that you wish you had, like asking yourself who you maybe needed when you were younger and becoming that person. Um, I think, Blaine, you've continued that legacy a lot and you've shared things that you've done with your sons and um, kind of continued to pass that forward, which is so incredible to create a domino effect. But if you didn't have that first domino that hit you to help you fall, you can become that, which I think is really empowering and something that um, I had a great leader as well. My father's passed away and um, I've continued, I think, to even live his legacy well beyond him passing away. Um, but I think that a lot of people often waste so much time looking in the rearview mirror and what they wish they had without realizing you can become what you needed. Um, so I'd just like to leave everyone with that little thought. Yeah, um, and then... Crystal, uh, what's the hardest leadership decision that you've had to make? Oh, wow. 
Um, <laughs> I um, the hardest the hardest decision leadership decision that I've had to make. Um, it was actually a, a very very personal decision, but um, back in 2016, I had been at it was actually 2015, I think. Um, but back in 2015, 2016, I 2016, I had been at AT and T for 14 years. Um, I was a single mom. I had two daughters, and my oldest daughter was in fourth grade at the time, and she started to kind of present with like learning learning challenges. And um, I'd actually recently gone through a divorce, and so like you know, you may not know, but like your world is a little wobbly when things like that happen. Um, and I was still trying to like pursue my career. I was ambitious as like, I don't know what. And I had these two little girls and then all of a sudden the oldest one was starting to have challenges. And so I made a decision to leave AT&T. And that was the biggest and hardest decision that I made because in that, in that exit, I kind of thought, um, I am never going to get it back. Like I'm never going to get back to where I was. And of course that's not what happened, but that was, that was the toughest kind of walk away. Thanks for sharing that. Um, can you take us back to that time in which you made that decision and, um, kind of help us, um, maybe, learn some tools that you utilize that gave you strength and kind of helped you actually make that decision. I think a lot of us sit in a place that we don't want to be for so much longer. It's almost like leaving feels harder than staying, but what yeah. gave you the strength to leave? Yeah, I, um, I love what John said and he, he talked about unlocking the potential in a lot of people. And so by the time when I was preparing to leave AT&T, I mean, my career was, was advancing and I had had the opportunity to work with a lot of great people and a couple of them were my direct reports and we became friends after and I went to them <laughs> and I just said, I don't know what to do. And I had one of them, uh, and they're still very dear friends, but I have one of them say, you know, if it was, if it was one of my kids, like I wouldn't even think about it. And, you know, I had another one that said, you know, that's just what you got to do. And, um, I was, I, I really leaned on their courage. And so what I will say to everybody is, I love what Mikhail said, you know, become the leader that you didn't have. The other thing to do is seek out mentors, seek out partners, seek out people who will shoot straight with you and give you an answer, even if you don't want to hear it. Um, at the time, uh, another like leadership lesson I learned from leaving um, was that I had kind of wrapped my personal value into AT&T. And so when I took it away, it was like, ah. <laughs> and that was hard. And that took like probably the, like a year to like figure that out. And even when I came back into HR to try to fight that instinct to like wrap my value back into the new thing that I came into. Um, and so those are, those are just some of the, the things that I learned from doing that, but it, it does take a lot of courage to walk away and, you know, knowing that you're walking away, you know, it doesn't always have to be to something better. You don't always have to see it. You just have to like internally know who you are and know who you are at the core and know that you're going to go chase that whenever you can. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, John, I'd love to hear a little bit about your role models um, and leadership mentors that you've had and kind of some lessons that they've left you with along the way. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think I've touched on this uh, in, in maybe Dustin's podcast or, or I'm not sure where. Um, uh, but my, my kind of ultimate mentor in, in professional life was my first boss. Um, she is a, I think she's now, I mean, she'd kill me if I ever said this, but she's in her 80s now. Um, she still works probably 80, 90 hour weeks every week. Every week. Um, she's one of the top five producing agents in New York City. So, um, you know, she works with real estate developers, um, you know, luxury buyer and sellers. Um, and Obviously, she's had a 50-year-plus career. She had a reality TV show with 3 million viewers a, a week. 
on HGTV. Um, and she's just like one of those people that just has the biggest personality in every room that she goes and will, you know, kill anyone that gets in her way kind of person. Um, and I am not as, um, I would say I'm not as kind of like aggressive as she, she is because it's, it's really something to be seen. But I think something that, you know, she never takes no for an answer. She is very gritty. She's very creative in, in kind of solutioning on how to get past problems. She loves to make a deal. Like she loves what she does. Um, I think that's something that's incredibly important. She's not doing this because, you know, she needs the money. She's addicted to her job. And by the way, she works with her, um, her son. I mean, sorry, she works with her two daughters. She works with her husband. It's a family business. They're the, the most close family I've ever seen in my life. The two daughters live on the same block in Manhattan still as her, which if you know, is, is crazy. She was head of the PTA. Like she's, she's always very intimately involved in her kids' lives. Like she's just, you know, an, a super woman basically. Um, and she's, really funny too um very inappropriate but that's a, a different point um and i learned a lot from her um i think you know i have parents that were um you know both in kind of similar industries that i was interested in um and my parents are i'm really really close to them they're awesome um and but they're definitely much kind of more muted than this this boss of mine in terms of their personalities and I think I'm I'm more kind of more like her than I am like my parents in that respect in terms of being more animated. So it kind of gave me a lot of agency to just kind of like be whatever I wanted to be and say whatever I wanted to say. Um, and I think that was um, something that, you know, maybe for her 50 years ago was, was definitely not in vogue just societally, but is becoming more of an accepted practice, especially, you know, when you're negotiating against Donald Trump in, in your New York City you know, business deal, you better bring your, bring your personality and, and tell him what you think. Um, that kind of thing that she had to deal with kind of very headstrong, arrogant, you know, real estate developers in New York city. Um, and so I think I, you know, that's been a really formative experience for me. Um, and we still speak every day. Um, she like makes fun of me all day long <laughs> on text message. Um, and it, it's been like a, a very kind of, you know, really important relationship in my life. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing us a little bit about that with us. Um, we're going to pivot a tad and Crystal, I'll have you share your slides on personal branding. And then as we kind of transition into the business acumen portion, I'll jump back in with questions in the same order, but I'd love for you to share the branding, um, information that you have prepared for us, Crystal. Oh, you're muted. There you go. Um, so I just wanted to share this. Um, I, I didn't plan to, to do any slides, so I kept it pretty light, more like as learning tools after the call. Um, but I used to, um, more to the AT&T story, when I was at AT&T story, or at AT&T, um, I um, got an opportunity repeatedly to teach high schoolers personal brand. And when the first time I did it, I didn't even really know what it was myself. <laughs> and so I kind of won it. Um, but I have become very, very closely acclimated to personal brand. And I've had the opportunity to even share some of this with adults because a lot of times we don't think about it, right? So, um, so I just made these two slides and you can see at the top, like I put McDonald's, Apple and Nike, right? We, we all know McDonald's, Apple and Nike. And if we don't take part in them, we still know them, right? So um, when I would teach kids this and, and teach other adults, one of the things that I did was that I would have a whole slide with, with personal, with brands all over it and try to get people to narrow down like what they thought a brand was. Um, I think if you say to somebody, what is a brand? Oftentimes they'll say McDonald's or Pepsi or Coke or whatever, those big ones that have become like they like intercepted our households and our lives so much. But I put on here just a couple of things, um, a brand, things to remember about a brand, right? A brand is intangible. You can't touch it. Um, it often drives emotion or feeling or these, these like just kind of 
radical responses that you don't even expect yourself. They can be very provocative. Um, and at the end of the day, your personal brand kind of for functions that way as well. Um, and so one of the things that I used to do, and I had a lot of fun doing this, this and if we had more time, we could do it together. But um, one of the things was to ha have uh, people build a personal brand statement. And we used to tell kids and people that were early in career, like, what if you happen to find yourself in the elevator with whoever your with would be? So if you wanted a job from someone who was major in real estate, or you wanted a job from someone who you know, someone who you've been admiring from afar, and you just happened to be in the elevator with them, what would you say to them? if you only had 30 seconds, right? Cause you're moving between like two or three floors. Um, and so I've, I've done this exercise many times. I've shifted and changed my personal brand statement at the end of the, at the end of the day, most of it, the beginning part of it about the, the people function and the passion around dreaming and building stays the same because that's, that's truly at my core. And I think one of the things that I've truly been blessed with is to go to different industries and see different industries and be a part of that and learn and grow and get to add all of that into who I am and who, who I say I am and my personal brand statement. So I, I built one right now for you all and I'll, I'll leave it here and I'll have, I'm sure Mikhail will, will send all these slides out and, and you can read those, but on the, the next slide, I, I kind of want to move to this one only because um, if I can get it to move on just a second. I want to move to this one only because I think this is also like very much like things we don't, we don't give a lot of thought about. And so when you're thinking about building your personal brand and you're thinking about like what what actually happens when I get into those those really tough rooms? Um, one of the things to consider, sorry, is emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is this thing you might hear about it, you might not have heard about it, but it is kind of this this ambiguous thing. And so this was the first time as I was putting these slides together, this was kind of the first time that I thought about these two in the same bucket. So you've got your personal brand and that's really who you are. That's your reputation. That's what you stand for. That's like your core, who you are as your authentic self and how you show up to others. Emotional intelligence is how you know yourself and how you know others, right? So the first thing that I put at the very top was understanding your audience because oftentimes a person that is successful and has a lot of emotional intelligence, they usually can navigate conversations and in split seconds, they're able to switch or pivot based on the other person's reaction or based on how they're reacting to the other person. And so when you think about that personal brand and especially in adulthood, I mean, we're all professionals, we all have these jobs. When you think about that that knowledge and that ability to pivot your emotional conversation or how you're coming across to someone or respond to how they're coming across to you when you're able to do that that will help you to ensure that again your personal brand your reputation your who you are is coming across and they're receiving it in the way that you want them to and so that's what I'm going to leave you with. Um, maybe another time I'd, I'd love to talk about it more and we can build uh, personal brand statements or anything like that. So yeah, so that's, that's that. Thanks, Mikhail. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I also have a personal branding PDF that I had purchased a while back that I'll share with everyone in the channel. It's kind of a fun exercise to just go through figuring out what your maybe personal brand statement would be, um, what it is that you hope to bring to the table. I think that sometimes those questions, to your point, Crystal, can feel kind of provocative. Um, Blaine's really good at asking them. And I think that sometimes when someone asks you like, um, I think one of the questions he asks is like, would you want to be doing the same job for the next five years? Or um, if you were doing a job that the money wasn't a factor, what would you actually be doing? And I think sometimes that can feel confronting because we often just move forward on autopilot and we don't pause and ask ourselves those questions. 
But for me, what better foundation to stand on to know the answer? And so it's okay if you don't know the personal brand that you want to bring forward, but there's no better way or no better time to find that out. And so I'd encourage you to look through the slides Crystal created and then also look through the branding project that I share and just encourage yourself to sit down and maybe answer some of the questions and have that elevator pitch or have that reason, like your why and what it is that you're trying to bring forth um, moving forward. I think it can be incredibly empowering and just give you some firm foundation to stand on when people ask you those questions. So um, we will move now to Dustin, kind of in the business acumen um, section. What is the main motivating or driving force for your leadership? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I think this goes back again to where we started today uh, for me. And uh, it truly is constantly remembering and reminding myself that we are all on this planet at the same time. And, uh, and we all experience similar things. And, uh, and we're all the same. Uh, I love the idea of connecting to people. Uh, to finding opportunities to to make memories together, uh, to lead each other, to teach each other. Uh, one of my favorite things in the world is philosophy. Uh, just to talk about, you know, the, the the great questions of where did we come from, why are we here, where are we going, you know, what is this all about, uh, and just reconnecting with the universe and and with each other and uh, with everything around us. Uh, and so it, it to me goes back to the motivating factor of. Um, I want to be nice. I want to be good. I want to be. I want to be a friend. I want to be uh, connected to people around me. Uh, I want to even on the negative side look for for vampires and and move away from those. Right, those that that suck our time and our energy and our emotion. Uh, you know, I will be a friend as 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 far as I can. But if if uh, you know if I'm constantly being drugged down by being around a certain individual and I can't help that individual more than that individual can help themselves. Uh, it's to motivate myself and, and move towards someone that, uh, that is uplifting and uh, will bring opportunities and, and blessings. Uh, you know, I had an opportunity uh, yesterday evening to, to just turn off everything and spend some time with my 15 year old son. And we were out in the woods together and we just enjoyed the sunset together and, uh, um, that's what life's all about. Awesome. Thanks for that. Um, Blaine, what are the most important qualities that you would look for in future employees? Or um, if you were in the process of hiring somebody, what are some qualities you'd look for? Yeah, great question. Uh, you know, there's a saying, uh, hire for attitude, train for skill. So the, the easy conclusion from that would be attitude, but I would take it a step further. Uh, I, in my experience with, with failures and successes, it would be coachability. Uh, you can have somebody who's got a great attitude. Um, you bring them in only to find that they are not coachable. Um, their cup is full, so to speak. So I would say coachability. Um, in, conversely, you can have somebody that on the surface maybe doesn't quite resonate attitude-wise, but you find out that they're very game. They want to learn. They want to grow, and they are coachable. Uh, so I would say coachability. Awesome. And then um, kind of to go back to the branding, can you share some of those kind of thought-provoking questions that you often ask people in your coaching calls and maybe um, that people could pause and ask themselves to help define their own brand? Yeah. Well, I, um, I have some podcasts on it. I'm sure Dustin's done some on this, but I am a big fan and advocate of developing a personal mission uh, as well as a personal vision statement. Like nothing is more important in my opinion than knowing where you are going or want to go and knowing what you stand for. And I think that's uh, the kind of speaks to the brand thing that, that um, Crystal was talking on. Uh, I'm going to be talking on this in Vegas briefly in my presentation to the difference between say marketing and branding for a business, but it's the same for individuals. Marketing is essentially um, what you tell or what you say to people. Brand is how you make people feel. And so your personal brand should all be around how you make people uh, people feel. Um, my my own uh, personal mission statement. I'll just read it to you here. To use my gifts of intelligence, influence, communication, and serial optimism to increase the self worth and net worth of people around the world. I was created to help people build a future that's bigger than the present, to inspire others to achieve great things, and leave the world better than I found it. So. Uh, I, I took that from a conglomeration of things over the years, um, and it's something every morning I get up and I, I look at that to try to memorize and uh, connect with it. And then it helps me just when I'm in coaching calls or talking with people to kind of think about those things that um, we all have abilities. So let's try to use them for good. 
influence, impact, uh, and inspiration, essentially. Awesome. Thank you so much. And kind of to scale that down, I love the, you know, leave the world a better place. Um, I'd like to leave you all with the thought that if someone were to ask me how I would change the world, I would say one person at a time. And I think it's important to scale down and realize that every single person on this meeting is a leader. If you chose to join this meeting, you're a leader, you have an attitude of leadership. And I think that the truest leaders really lead from within. They're not the person talking to you from the front of the room or above you in any capacity. They're the people that really want to lead by example and get trenches with you when necessary. And um, so I love that. I think the way we reach that large scale and change the world is by recognizing our impact that we can have with every single person that we interact with. Um, John, how do you balance planning for the future while still being present with your employees? Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, I, I'm definitely having a hard time with this. I'll be honest. Um, I think that um, Every day there's something going on, obviously for, for, you know, all of us pretty much, but, um, you know, from, from 5 AM till midnight, someone's texting me or emailing me about something going on or a problem or, or something that we got to troubleshoot. Um, and so it's constant, um, you know, dealing with issues or trying to come up with solutions. Um, and I think I'm naturally someone that likes to get in the mud. Um, and likes to be kind of intimately involved in, in every decision and, and, and details. And um, I think that's important to kind of, you know, in my role to have my, you know, have my ear to the ground and, and kind of seeing what's going on. But, you know, also my, my job is to be thinking three years ahead and be thinking five years ahead and be, you know, guiding the ship and establishing the relationships and, um, taking, doing the initiatives and having the conversations around where is this industry going? What are, how are people feeling about, you know, this product or that product, which lenders are going to be, you know, a part of the future? Um, what are capital markets doing? Like, what is the, what are, how is venture capital behaving? What is, you know, what is, what are the public markets doing? That affects us too. So there's a lot of different things going on. And so um, one of the things that I'm actually trying to do better is, is to be, you know, to be more forward thinking. I think the last six months, just with the the kind of financial reckoning going on around the world, um, but but definitely in, in mortgage markets, it, it's required us to be very detail oriented and make sure that we have everything together so that we can be you know competitive and, and deliver volume for all of our appraisers around the country. Um, but certainly, uh, it's a work in progress in terms of you know also focusing on the future. So I think, you know, as I think about the next couple of quarters, I definitely um, I'm going to be very kind of future oriented, um, but it's, it's always kind of a give and take. It's, there's no, I think, perfect solution. Awesome. Thank you. Um, being somebody that is employed by you, I know that is a hard question to answer, um, but I kind of reflected a little bit on that. And I will say, I think you do a great job compartmentalizing. There are times that when you do need to be present, you are, even if you have 1 billion tabs open, like in your mind and maybe literally on your computer. Um, I also think you're really realistic. So that's something as a leader that I look for. You don't say like, this is all gonna change by tomorrow. You are often very forward and saying like, this isn't gonna change right now, which I think is important for people to receive. But I think the biggest thing that you possess is empathy. I think sometimes people just need to feel seen and heard. So as a leader, I think at times just being able to get in the trenches and to be able to be at eye level and say, I see you or I recognize this is frustrating or I understand where you're coming from is actually all the person was looking for. So something that I try to do frequently is rather than being reactive to what someone's saying and be thinking about what my next move will be, is to stop and listen and maybe even take a deep breath before I respond and just recognize that everyone's coming from their own perspective and um, and that it's important to actually just see that other side. So those are things, I know I kind of hit you with a hard question, but that I think like being someone that is on the receiving end of that, those are things within that question that um, you do really great with. So Crystal, um, what do you do in your personal time that helps you be a leader in professional life? Um, that's, that's a great question. Um, that's a great question. I um, actually have explored that, but I um, I very much um, have a strong faith, and um, in several years ago, almost ten years ago, um, I 
started going to a new church and I still go to that church and it's a very large church. But um, the thing about it that kind of, that kind of pulled me in was that again, it was kind of that, that time in my life where I really needed some more infrastructure for my girls. And so um, I ended up there, but, but this, the church is like, I think 80% driven by volunteers. And so I got very much involved in volunteering and, and not like lightweight volunteer stuff. Like I've led, <laughs> this is, this is embarrassing. Um, it'll probably lead to more questions, but I did lead the children's dance ministry for like four or five years. And, um, it, it the, the children's dance ministry and just the children's ministry um, where I was also involved for probably another couple of years, probably concurrently, um, it, it it just like children are like special beings and being able to talk and understand a child and and work with a child like really taught me the skill of patience. Um, I learned that from there. Um, there's also things at church, leadership conferences and all this stuff. And I got introduced to Simon Sinek there. And I, I just have really found my leadership notion really through this, this like faith journey. And it's, it's kind of weird. And, you know, it's not just me sitting here saying, oh, it's all about servant leadership, because I do believe in that. Um, but I also think that there are other leadership skills and, and core and, and tougher leadership skills that you can learn on that same type of walk. And, and that's really what's, what's helped to define me, define my leadership style. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. All right. We're going to rapid fire this question. So everyone that is uh, on deck, be thinking of your answer. What is one thing that you wish someone had told you during your career journey or that you would tell your former self if you could? And we will go Dustin, Blaine, Crystal, John. Uh, you know, I, I always hate this question, honestly, just because, you know, it, it, it's, it's the old, uh, you know, what would you do uh, differently, right? And, uh, you know, last night I told, I told you I was in the field with my, uh, with my son and I was climbing over a, a, a barbed wire fence and uh, let's just say um, it's not fun to be hooked up on a barbed wire fence and I was for a few minutes. And, uh, you know, when I look back on that, would I have done that differently? Sure. Um, of course I would, you know, and I'm still hurting today. Um, but, uh, uh, but I, I'm a big believer in, we do what's best, what we think is best for the situation. Right. And so when someone says, what would you do differently? Uh, and I know that's not quite your question. I'm going to get to your question, Mikkel, and I know this is rapid fire, so I'll, I'll hurry. Uh, but, but when someone says, would you do something differently? Well, sure. Every mistake I've ever made, I'd like to do differently, right? But when I really look back on it, I made the best decision I could in the situation when it was presented to me, right? Uh, and I think we all do. We, we try to do the very best that we can. Um, and, and your question is, you know, what's a piece of advice or, you know, when you look back, um, you know, what was some encouragement that someone gave that pushed you forward? Uh, and I don't know that I can place this on one person or one specific instance. Uh, other than my, my maternal grandfather was a scrapper. Uh, and, and I mean that literally, and I mean that generally. I mean, he literally built a house out of scrap that is a gorgeous, beautiful, multi-million dollar home today. Uh, but he was also a scrapper where he would just look for opportunities in every situation. And this goes back to what I said earlier. He acted on it. It wasn't just a thought. It wasn't just, I think I can build a chimney out of 55-gallon barrels. He actually did it. And that has always inspired me. Um, so it wasn't maybe some acumen or some phrase or some axiom that was given to me. But I look at his example, and I try to live that example daily uh, to take advantage of opportunities that are in front of me. Awesome. Thank you. Your grandpa sounds like a cool dude. <laughs> All right, Blaine. Same question. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I think the question was, what, what do you wish somebody would have told you? I will. I'll. I'll um, change it just a hair to something that somebody did tell me early on that I think has helped immensely, and it's that you can't help everybody. Uh, from a leadership standpoint, we are capped based on opportunity cost. If you're doing something um, with this hour, you can't be doing something else with that same hour, and you only have so much time and energy. So you, you have to um, kind of pick the direction you want to focus on and the people 
And when somebody, I think Dustin touched on this um, too, and, and John and his, one of his answers, uh, you, you have to be really good at discerning um, who's, who's coachable, who's willing, who wants it and who doesn't. And then you can't spend any time on the people who don't want it. Sounds harsh, I know, but. Well, sometimes life is harsh. Uh, Crystal? Um, I One thing that I had to learn, I, I didn't do it when I should have started, um, was um, the value of relationships. Um, I thought very much like early in my career that I was unique in my standing in life <laughs> when I, you know, kind of entered uh, the professional realm and I didn't go about building those relationships to until about, I don't know, four or five years in. I wish that was something that I had known um, to value up front. Perfect, thank I'll, you. I'll take Wayne's spin. Um, I think someone said something to me once, which was a, a, it's a small thing, but assume good intentions. Um, I think especially in a remote world where you, where you feed off of other people's emotions and their demeanor and how they, just their body language and you don't have that, things get lost sometimes. And I think, um, you know, a lot of times you're, you see a Slack message or something and you're like, oh, this person's trying to do this. And then you kind of take a look back and be like, no, they're not actually trying to do that. And it's been like a very freeing concept to me. Um, obviously, you know, one, one, one in a thousand times you might get burned, but I think generally speaking, pe most people are trying their best, trying to do good things. And uh, it's, it's helpful in kind of my frame of mind. Awesome. I love that. And I totally agree. I think, you know, kind of going to maybe the four agreements, it's not actually about you. A lot of the time people's reactions aren't, but I'll also share with all of you um, that I've been able to be part of all of the small groups. And I've been really humbled time and time again at what some of you guys and some of the other people that have um, joined Camp True are going through in your personal lives. I think it's really easy to see, you know, this much of somebody on a screen, but we have no idea what's going on right on the other side of that screen or right on the other side of the door. Um, and I've, you know, shared some personal things that I'm going through with my family and some recent diagnoses. And I know that a lot of you guys are dealing with things, really happy times, new babies, um, marriages, getting ready for weddings and family events. Um, but with that also comes often the flip side of it. There is not so happy moments. And I think that if we can always pause and just humanize the person on the other side of the screen. And like you said, John, kind of assume good intent. Um, it makes everyone's lives better and easier. And maybe lean in and say, hey, it looks like you're struggling. How can I help? versus like, how dare you? And so I think sometimes just our reactions can actually create a whole other domino effect that ends up positively impacting people. Um, and now we're gonna go kind of back rapid fire again. And if anyone has a question, we only have about 10 minutes. Um, Tula, yes, everything is temporary. I say that all the time, no feeling is final. And I remind myself of that if I have a good feeling to really bask in it or a bad feeling. So thanks for sharing that Tula. Um, but we're gonna go through again rapid fire with um, a piece of advice you have for our current audience. Um, just something that maybe you're either currently working on in leadership or something that you'd like to leave with everybody today. And then if anyone has a question they'd like to ask a specific leader, please add it in the chat. So again, we'll start back with Dustin. You know, this is gonna sound very generic, but, it, but there's so much um, behind uh, what I am about to say, but you said rapid fire, so I'm just gonna lay it out there. Uh, don't be afraid to act and live your passion. I love that. Thank you. Blaine? Um, yeah, I would say uh, you, you had asked a question early on about, um, like, I think it was the biggest risk you've taken in your career, and Dustin had a great answer. And I would say um, most people, and Crystal touched on this as well, uh, all of our growth opportunities have come when we took a risk, when we basically took a foot off first base to go to second, and when we left comfort uh, and familiarity. So be willing to take the risk and and go out there essentially um the one that i would share um kind of in line kind of in line with what blaine just shared but i would um really invite you all to um just think about think about that personal brand like think about um how you develop that and even if it's not something that you decide to use a true footage or something like that just think about how you can build your own personal brand how you can start to develop that that reputation and the reliability and all the dependency that that people will throw on you once they see who you are but i just really encourage people to do that so 
Yeah, I think for me, it's kind of um, put yourself out there. Um, I think, um, you know, luck is something that you can't control, but what you can control is putting yourself in positions to absorb luck. Um, and I think that's really important and something that, you know, say yes to that thing that someone invites you to or go to that meeting that you're not sure if you should go to. You never know kind of what's going to happen. Um, and there's always a chance that, you know, something bounces good your way. I love that. Put yourself into situations to absorb luck. I think that's a really great point to leave with. Um, all right. Does anybody have anything that they want to hop in and share? Anything you've taken away from this or would like to share about your own leadership journey? Like I said, we are in a room full of leaders. We've highlighted a few of them to answer the questions today, but I hope throughout the next you know, time to come, everyone in this meeting gets a chance to be on the panel because I think we can all learn something from each other. So if anyone has anything they'd like to leave us with, we would love to hear it. Thank you, Alexis. Don't make me call on you, because I will. <laughs> All right, let's see here. All right, well, I'll give you guys a few minutes back. Um, we'll get this. Um, recording shared to True Health. I'd encourage you all to revisit it if you need a little bit of inspiration. Um, and again, thank you all so much for your um, participation in the last few weeks. It's been so fun. It's been a big pilot. So I, I'm learning a ton of things that I would do the same and things I would do differently. But any feedback or um, ideas or suggestions are super welcomed. I do have to shout out Justin Ritter. He sent me a huge email about a bunch of ideas that kind of snowballed into um, the creation of Camp True. So um, everything that you guys, you know, come to me with, I really do take it to heart and um, just appreciate all of your involvement. So I'm really excited to kind of continue um, some of the um, like, like echo camp true in the future and just create more challenges and opportunities for people to collaborate with one another. Um, it's been really awesome to get to know you guys better. So thanks everyone. Thank you all. Thanks for doing this, Mikhail. Thanks, Mikhail. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a great rest of your day and week. Thanks, Mikhail. We, uh, we look forward to the Mikhail podcast soon. <laughs> All right, I'm on it. I agree <laughs> okay, cool. with that. <laughs> awesome. Thank See you, guys. You guys. Have a good day.